man. <laughs> it's already off the rails. Yeah. It's done. It's already. 30 seconds. In. Not even 30 seconds. I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even going to get into it. Welcome to another edition of DCTBD. Indeed. Uh, produced by One Love Massive. I'm your co-host, Ian. Uh, joining me as always, lovely Michelle Bush. Michelle, how are you? Good evening. And the Venerable Marcus Dowling. Hey, y'all. Sir. What's going on? Great to have you back. I'm glad to be Great here. Great to have the whole crew here. Yes. Uh, we got yeah. m m uh, Mike Phillips back behind the booth making us hey, sound Mike. like what we sound like, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, which we're I'm sure are, is awesome. Where are we right now? We are... I was about to get to that. Okay. <laughs> we are in the Mind Space Nerve Center. Yes. I like this that. This is a literal nerve center. The nerve not, center. Not a literal nerve center. But yeah. Not get on my nerve center. A, a metaphorical nerve center. But the Mind Space here, um, they are so good to us. And, and this space is like super amazing. I can't wait till we start doing shows uh, out in the common area once we have. Absolutely. More than more than two, three viewers. Uh oh, wait a minute. Let me get online so we get three. <laughs> Hold on. Boom. Boom. I'm there. there awesome. There. So, yes, we are your weekly conversation about the biggest news stories of the week. Um, guys, how was your weekend? My weekend was. Michelle, how was your weekend? <laughs> uh, my weekend was pretty good. Um, you know, CBC was in town. <clears throat> always a fun, always a fun time. I guess so. Um, wow. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. We just entered the shade zone. The shade zone. Um, for, you know, for people that don't know, I um, I grew up, you know, a child of the CBC mm -hmm. in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, my mom and dad ran with a few people from back in the day. Um, always a good time to, you know, to see us come together have really great discussions and panels and i just think that the cbc just took a turn some years ago and it just became party central um and i think a lot of the focus was just you know taken away from what the cbc yeah. you know was about yeah and so um, as i call it i call it the old people's freak neat. um i think the weave of the night award is a little tacky yeah uh, <laughs> well, it is what it is. I mean, this is, is the generation it, we're in now. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Here we are. But so, I, you know, it was just very interesting because as I was walking down 9th Street um, on my way to one of the parties that I always go to every year, it's the Kappa Party, um, and Secret Society was performing. So shout out to Mike, who is, you know, hey, co-hosted co on the show. Um, the streets were just kind of empty. And it was really kind of crazy because I'm like, where is everybody? So I'm figuring, you know, the storm, a lot of people just kind of cancel their reservations. I feel like, you know, because of Trump, they just didn't want to come. You know, I who knows? Um, mm. I, and I heard a lot of the panels were just kind of empty. So it's just like, you know, really, what, you know, I, I guess the CBC, they said, to, yeah. We're, we're going to have to discuss this. Is there, sure. is there the requisite energy in the African-American community? Yeah. This is going to be a future topic. I, I think it's on DCTBD. Yeah. Down for the conversation. Yeah, because, I think I think the conversation not, is because if not, like people need to know. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely <laughs> need to know. you know, and and maybe I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> I, I I can take that. You know, um, but I it's definitely a conversation. That so, is gonna, well, that is definitely going to be a deep dive that we're going to take yeah. very soon here on DCTBD tonight. We actually have quite a bit to get to. This was a, a pretty remarkable week um, of news that has 
continued pretty much right up to airtime tonight. Yes. Uh, as per usual. So, as, per, as per usual. Yeah, as per usual. There, there was a tweet so, that we sent out, and that was it. Yeah. Topics tonight. Um, we're going to talk about Paul Manafort flipping. Mm-hmm. I'm calling that segment, The Call is Coming from Inside the House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just call it pour up drink. <laughs> drink. Drink. Uh, there's going to be, yeah, a lot of that. Um, what's going on with the Kavanaugh confirmation? Just today was a lot of really craziness. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about it and kind of see if it actually changes our perception of the end game here with the Kavanaugh confirmation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, little spoiler alert, I'm of the opinion that it really doesn't, ch- isn't going to change much. No, I don't think but it is. But then again, I've been wrong about my sort of status quo, (laughs) preserving predictions. Um, Then I want to talk a little bit about the economy. We keep hearing from Donald Trump. We keep hearing from Republicans how great the economy is going, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, despite the fact that it is functionally a continuation of uh, the the Obama economy with maybe a little bit of sugar high and uh, in the form of tax cut and and, and regulation cut. But um, an interesting article from last month in Forbes um, looked at some studies uh, and and the title of the article is America's Real Economy, uh, It Isn't Booming. Uh, so that should give you an indication of some of the some of the information that we're going to pass along to kind of let you, let you know what is really happening um, among our fellow countrymen and women um, when we hear all this stuff about how great the economy is. A lot of people aren't aren't feeling that. So we'll we'll discuss that. We'll do our bish sesh, uh, and then we'll do. My favorite thing. We're going to mm. end it with my favorite thing. I'm going to indulge you all with a little story. Story little time story with Ian. That is going to explain uh, my Twitter handle. My story, Twitter story, handle. Story, 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 story. Story, story, story. Collusion, collusion, collusion. <laughs> going to explain my Twitter handle, which is Wokesen, at Wokesense84. Um, and I'm going to talk about why that is. And I'm going to tie it in with a, a very, very good friend's birthday today. Um, but anyway, let's get, let's get this going, guys. Yeah. Last week. Paul Manafort. Oh, Flippy. <laughs> well, he's the oh, latest. Oh, Flippy. <laughs> he's the latest. I, I, I think we've got his nickname. <laughs> oh, last week, old Flippy. Oh, Flippy. <laughs> Decided to plead guilty to uh, one count of conspiracy. Something's in this drink. I put this enough. This is straight key lime LaCroix, <laughs> which is in. my new. This is like my level up because lime LaCroix was my favorite. Now oh they have God. key lime, lime LaCroix, LaCroix, and it is. Dear LaCroix, will you sponsor us here on DCTBD? Dear LaCroix, LaCroix, we are drinking your product. This, this is we're doing this ad free. Yeah. Yeah. At least you could do a step in. All right, let's talk about old Flippy. Okay, all right, whatever. Old Flippy. Old Flippy. So he pleads to one count of conspiracy, one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice. Um, He was President Trump's campaign chairman from March through August of 2016, a period that encompassed both um, uh, 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 presidential nominating conventions um, and and, uh, also encompassed the period where WikiLeaks dumped a lot of documents uh, mm-hmm. pertaining to the Democratic National Committee, right. um, the Hillary Clinton campaign, John Podesta, you know, stuff that was illegal to obtain. Um, but he was in charge. Uh, he was running the show when that was going on. Um, in return, the government dropped five of seven charges, including the additional 10 charges uh, in Virginia that they still could have 
retried him on. Um, so, and also, also, old Flippy, oh, Flippy. old Flippy <laughs> had to forfeit $46 million worth of property. Um, so now people, can't, can, people can't even say that the Mueller investigation is a waste of money. It has actually turned a profit. <laughs> it's turned a profit. 40, it has turned a profit. $46 million. Thanks to old Flippy. Old Flippy. So Paul Manafort, Michelle, was inside the Trump Tower meeting in June of yes. 2016. Yes, he was. When Donald Trump, when, when Donald Trump Jr., a.k.a. Fredo, Fredo, hashtag Fredo, if I'm ever responding to Don Jr., which I do frequently i yes. say stuff like fredo how's it going to be when you're in prison oh fredo what are you talking about this morning sick, sick burn fredo your sense of humor is gonna is gonna is gonna go over well when you're in yeah, prison that white tux is not gonna do you any good boo. <laughs> so don jr is in this meeting gerald uh, uh jared kushner is in this meeting yes um and they are told that this is part of the russian government's ongoing campaign to help Donald Trump win the presidency. It's like, it's all there. Like, if you read these emails. Mm-hmm. And Manafort was in those meetings. Yes, Michelle, he was. what do you think? What do you think he has? Because obviously, Mueller has given him a pretty sweet deal. Manafort has it. What does he have? He has it. <laughs> he, the, the collusion, he, collusion, collusion. He collusion. has the collusion, collusion, collusion. But my question, you're, you're asking me, what does he have? I, I'm, I mean, he has it. He knows it. He has it. There it is. Hand delivered, uh, Stevie Wonder signed, sealed, and delivered. <laughs> and I just don't think that it's going to do anything. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So, so I want to give you this piece of news from an hour ago. Oh. Hour ago. Just an hour. Yeah, just an hour. Okay. So, because Kavanaugh was just an our, hour ago. Our favorite guy, Rudolph Giuliani. Oh, the Godfather has stated that he believes that Manafort will not. Uh, he will not uh, indict Trump in any of his uh, statements. Mm, yes, I'm sure. In regards to wow. uh, any of these meetings. Wow. So the idea now, I think that we're now that we're starting to like move into like this one meeting is like the beginning of like this is the crux of his investigation on one level. He's found this one meeting and he knows that everybody was there, and now we're going to start poking holes at the idea that everybody was there. Here's my take. If anybody's ever had a corporate meeting, and we've all probably had corporate meetings mm-hmm. at this table, yes. there's moments when you have the big meeting where the person who's the, the person of interest, the most significant person of interest, will show up at a staggered portion of the meeting mm-hmm. as compared to the, you know, the minions who there's start the, the meeting. meeting. The prep meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. The, pre, so, the pre-meeting meeting. So here's my take on this situation. Jared and Don Jr. and Manafort started the meeting mm-hmm. and actually talked about the, the issues of actual concern. And then Trump came in at the end to just make sure that everything was, you know, moving along and that he was, you know, just there to make sure that, okay, we know what, we know what's going on, right? Don Jr. or? No, Trump, or? No, Trump. Trump himself. Trump. You think he actually showed up at the meeting? Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like he showed up at the end just to shake everybody's hand. Steve Bannon did tell Michael Wolf. he said, there's no way that Don Jr., and I think the quote was, didn't take those Jumos up to <laughs> oh, yeah. he was right, Don Sr. He was, he was right there on the elevator. He right. took him up. And Trump walks in probably like 45 minutes, an hour later, with a Diet Coke in his hand. Right. Y'all finished talking yet? Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Are, yeah. are we all set here? Great. Yeah. So. Yeah. Bucket of chicken, bucket of chicken, bucket of chicken. Yeah. All right. Three, cool. buckets, three buckets of chicken. So let's order up some chicken. Let's have a good time. Mm-hmm. Let's, talk I, about, let's talk about going to scores later. There we go. Oh, my Lord. He loves, he loves his Kentucky Fried Chicken. So here, my, my thought is that. Not Popeyes. KFC. Manafort's not going to say anything that we don't already know. 
Here's again for for the eighty fifth time. I'll say it over and over again because it's the absolute truth. But it's confirmation. But it's it's confirmation. But if you break laws in full view of everyone, <laughs> and you absolve yourself of any blame for breaking the law by clearly stating it and and admitting your guilt, and admitting also that you have found God. Right. Exactly. You have found the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Then ha- ultimately. Hallelujah. Right. Then ultimately, Lord. Then ultimately, you're not guilty in the eyes of the public, which is ultimate, which is the ultimate thing that he is attempting to do. Yeah, well, gotcha. his, his is that he, he is trying to gain guilt for ultimately Don Senior at the end of the day, in the eyes of public opinion. In the court of public opinion, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, has to be seen as being guilty. And the idea is that you're going to circle the wagons around Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and you're going to say there are ten people who are guilty around this man. How is this man? Innocent. Not guilty. <laughs> like, well, that's the walls closing in. That's the walls closing in. It starts with Papadopoulos right. flipping, it's, and then, then we get Gates flipping, then we get uh, Flynn flips, right. then we have Michael Cohen flips, right. now we've got Manafort. But, but the, the thing next is... One, who's, who's the next flipper? Who's the next old flippy? Old flippy, old, I don't know. Old flippy may be his own son. Right. What but, about Jared? Well, well, I, th- I think they'll go after Junior before they go after Jared. I think that the thing is, though, is that... I think Jared's... Everybody Guilty getting <laughs> getting everybody in that room is obviously a uh, yeah. a, a a necessary like concept that they <laughs> that they've floated into the uh, into the conversation. Like they're like, okay, we have to get everybody who is in that room. Mm-hmm. Everybody who is at that meeting has to be had. We have to have them. We have to have them guilty, mm-hmm. dead to rights. Yeah. The only problem is that they got the low hanging fruit. Like the really yeah. low hanging fruit, and it's amazing to believe that we're at a point in American politics, we're just an American but there's so- a lot society. Of low hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. But think about this: it's amazing that we're at a point in American society where there's a human being in in America who owns <laughs> forty six million dollars worth of property, and a ba- mm-hmm. and a bad um, ostrich. What was it? The ostrich ostrich, ostrich vest, right? Ostrich but vest. but he owns forty six million dollars worth of property, yeah. and he has low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. On on the totem pole of people that you need to take down, mm-hmm. say twenty years ago, <laughs> the guy with forty six million dollars worth of property—that's a pretty significant person. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. We're dealing with a different level of criminality here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Clearly. I had forty six million dollars worth of property, okay. you'd be a big. You'd be like, I'm, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fish in the game of life. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> like I am like winning at the game of life. But this person is low hanging fruit with. Nearly $50 million worth of property. And we know how these investigations always go. You grab the low-hanging fruit, and you squeeze the low-hanging fruit, and right. the next thing you know, the low-hanging fruit implicates the next guy up in the right. chain. And they're going to they're go... And once you have taken all that low-hanging fruit, the rest of the fruit falls, and guess what? It's the low-hanging fruit. And then you... You're right. I just... The, the fruit metaphor is maybe going a little too far. No, but I But just... you see how, how, right. how you build a federal case. They're building... Mueller is building this case... Very much like you would build a case if you were going to break up an organized crime yeah. ring. Well, that's what like it... that is exactly how they are approaching this, and, and I'm not convinced that it's not warranted. But I will tell you the one person that troubles me in the room now more so than ever before. It's Rudolph Giuliani being number two. Mm. But is is he really? Mm, I don't number think two? he is. No, I don't but he is. He no, is. no, but but of of the people that are high enough profile that you want to get them, because again, this is all about the court of public opinion. This has nothing to do with like actual jurisprudence and actual like you know like creation of a case. Mm-hmm. You're creating the case at the bottom so that you know people who read you know legal briefs can can be fully aware. 
But you're ultimately doing this so that you could stand on top of that. Yeah. And go after, you know, the, the prime time, trust, you know, trust evening me with news this, Trust person. me what this says. Yeah. Right. You, 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 need can, the, you can believe me. Yeah. You need 601 on the evening news. Mm-hmm. That's the person you're going after. Who are you going to believe? Your lying eyes or me? Right. And the, the, one part, the one person in there that has the most to lose in this situation is Rudolph Giuliani. Because he has 50 years mm-hmm. of illicit activities mm-hmm. that they will comb through. To get him. And they're going to have to bring up every single one of them in conversation. That's the hardest part of this conversation. That's the hardest part of all of this. Is that the second that you implicate Giuliani, you're going to be there for a while. <laughs> because you're going to go through all of his concrete dealings in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to deal with, you know, all of his, like, you know, philandering in the 90s. Then you're going to deal with all of his horrible land deals in the 2000s when he, you know, fell out of, when he fell out of favor after, you know, 9-11. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to have to go through all these land dealings that after, were after shady. He's- after after he stopped being America's mayor, after, yeah, after exactly. He, after he was voted out as America's mayor, right. So like 2007, yeah. <laughs> Rudy, you know that guy definitely had an illicit land deal somewhere. Yeah. So then you know by the time you get to like, hi, I'm Donald Trump's right hand man. Oh lord. Yeah. You're you're. Well, he was already he was crazy because he gave a speech. He gave he was un. Hinged in his speech at the Republican convention in mm-hmm. 2016. Remember, it's like we thought his teeth were going to fall out. Like all you saw was like this bottom row right. of gigantic white teeth, and, and like it was a flip. And then like yeah, like his uh, it, the rest of him looks like it looks like a like a like a skull with uh with 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 skin over it. He's tried hard. Tried <sighs> Listen, hard. the Mueller investigation. I, th- I think it's always important to to put these things in context. There's always so much noise. And and it's by design. It's by design to confuse people. But I, I think this is one of these issues where it is important to separate out the signal from the noise, ignore the noise. There have been 187 charges brought by the special counsel mm-hmm. against various individuals and companies, foreign and domestic. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had five Trump aides plead guilty to federal Felonies, mm-hmm. felonies, um, and, and included in that is his one-time national security advisor and his one-time campaign chairman. So these are uh, uh, significant people that he's surrounded himself with who have at best questionable ethics. I want to interject something into the conversation. Um, the Russian government may or may not have poisoned a guy from Pussy Riot. That's right. Yeah. I was going to say that the second that yeah, this really starts to get serious, and we already have proof of collusion with the Russian government, mm-hmm. these, are, these are people who are now poisoning people in real life. Right. They've been poisoning but, the but Russians. This is like, have been, yeah. But like, this is like a high-level no, person that's like, you do that to like put the warning you know, whistle out around the world. Like, right. listen, um, we are not playing games. It's the yeah. damnedest thing how all of these opponents of Putin... Keep getting poisoned. What is right. what is in the water over there? Right, but it's not Golly even, but it's not even when it's over there because we also have proof now that there were Russian operatives just walking around the streets of Washington D.C. Uh, they were uh, well, they, they were they always getting have, right. an education at American right, exactly. University. They always right. they yeah. always so. have. But but especially now we have like but yeah. and, and they're not like you know like you know the. The 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 square shouldered, square jawed, you know, evil man with the crew cut from no. from uh, from the James Bond movie. No, it's the the lovely, you know, like lovely young lady who is in graduate school at American University. It's the sexy Russian girl with the guns. Right, exactly. <laughs> like 
that's where we are now. So that is where we are. That is where we are. There's a lot to consider. Like if if you want to go down this road, if they want to go down this road, well, I there's think an it's... end to this road that's that 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 exists in the room yeah, now. It's and uncomfortable. I'm like, <laughs> that's not okay. No, but this is the game that we play now. Yeah. So separating out signal from noise, 187 charges, five Trump aides having pled guilty. Mm-hmm. The walls, I feel like, are closing in, and we're going to get to the truth. Um, it feels like the story is written and that they're just looking for all of the multiple pieces of evidence right. to fit on every point of the story. Do we do we get more before the election? Before November, how much more are we going to get? Or are they going to wait till after the election? It's, it's really hard to say. I um, am not and have never been a uh, Department of Justice lawyer. Um, so... Uh, you know, I'm familiar with some DOJ investigations mm-hmm. uh, through through mostly civil uh, cases, but who knows? Yeah, who knows how they're going to treat this? is This is all literally unprecedented. This is all literally unprecedented. I mean, I think I don't think that we had we had an investigation of Nixon, but I don't think it was this. Broad and wide ranging. Well, no. Nixon, Nixon was Nixon was a smarter criminal. But so. it's not even that Nixon was a smarter criminal. I also think that the he Nixon, was. He was. That, but the Nixon investigation was a lot sexier, and that's that's a big problem with all of this to me as well. We have to bring it up because it's it's like the eight hundred pound gorilla in the corner of the room that nobody brings up because nobody here is actually physically attractive. It's like the president's <laughs> not exactly like you know strikingly attractive by any stretch. Speak for yourself, man. No, but I'm just saying, like, no, like it's like <laughs> it's okay. So. The thing that made Watergate amazing was that, you know, Woodward and Bernstein did a great job. We're in their building. Yeah. In the Post building. Woodward and Bernstein did an amazing job. The house that Bob and Carl built. Right. Turning presidential, you know, turning Americana dipshittery into, (laughs) like, a sexy, exciting, subterfuge tale that interwove through millions of people. G. Gordon Liddy looks like G. Gordon Liddy. Like, there's only one of him in the, the whole entire world. It looks, so, like, it looks like a wrestler. Right, exactly. He was at WrestleMania too. curiously enough. Strangely. Who knew? But, uh, <laughs> you knew. So, you knew. I do. You of knew. Of course. <laughs> so, in any event, of course I knew. You were, but, up, late, um, you were up late watching it, weren't you? These are things. But, um, in any event... <laughs> It'll be in medium tomorrow <laughs> yeah. morning at 5.30 a.m. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, the problem with the Trump administration, the, the Trump situation, is that it's like the least sexy, the least exciting bit of, you know, like political like drama that has ever existed. It's mm. significant. It's trash. But it's not, but it's not, there's no like appeal to it no. to like watch it, uh, unless you really like politics. No. There's no appeal to watching it on a day by day basis because there's not a single person in here that makes you stop again at 601 and say, okay, I was making dinner. I was helping little Johnny with math homework. I was about to go to the gym. But what is going on? No. Not, zero of these people have any of that. No. Except for when you get all the way up the train, up the up the up the the you know the 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 ladder to like Jared Kushner. The second you get to like Jared, then it gets exciting. But you have a long way to build. So like Manafort, even though he has forty six million dollars worth of assets, crazy, is not the person yet mm. where the people get excited. And I mean, like, the average person, not like people like the three of us, four of us in this room, but people who are like, you know, like the, the people who actually move the needle in the court of public opinion. So, like, 
everybody on like black Twitter. So you everybody think we, on white Twitter, everybody on nerd Twitter, whatever. So you think we don't have enough Q score? With this, not at all, <laughs> with this not group. even, not even close yet. All right, all right. Well, that's where we're going to leave it. Yeah, no problem. That's I just wanted to bring that up. It's <laughs> an important, it's an important part of the issue. That is very, very important. Their Q scores. Um, Brett Kavanaugh. Let's oh. talk about this guy because obviously he was in the news a lot today. Um, As of an hour ago. <laughs> so over the weekend, over the weekend, um, a a professor in California by the name of. Christine Blasey Ford, I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um, she has accused Brett Kavanaugh of basically a sex assault uh, when when Brett Kavanaugh would have been uh, 17 years old. Allegedly pinned her down, groped her, clumsily tried to remove her one-piece bathing suit, apparently like turned up the music and kind of covered her mouth so that she wouldn't make complaints. This is obviously... Um, I should point out, strenuously and vigorously denied uh, by Judge Kavanaugh. Um, he says that this is completely false. This never happened. This is a complete fabrication. Lies. Um, it's all lies. Lies from the pit of hell. So my question here, Marcus, is this the end of Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court No, because Court everybody, nominee? All, the, all the Republicans in Congress had a similar tale happen when they were 17. This is the most like obvious moment when everybody looks at each other and they go, "Me too." You're saying this is the rapiest party. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like uh, that's all I can say. Like not that I have any proof here, but just his the history. You think Orrin? You think Orrin Hatch is like there? But for the grace of God, go I. He's just everybody there <laughs> is like, wait. So really, the girl from like senior week mm. is is coming out and saying, yeah. "Boo hoo, really." He's, Really? Really? I mean, it's it's crazy because it's like now we're at a point with all of this where we're like at like bad Amazon Prime B movie <laughs> level plot. Well, in all of at, this, uh, uh, black I shampoo. Mean, no, not even black shampoo, but like 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 the the not another teen movie part four. Updating, updating because we're recording this on Monday. Yeah. A week from today on Monday. Yes. There is going to be live. Under oath testimony by Brett Kavanaugh and um, Professor Blasey Ford. Because, you know, Anita, so. Hill, did, Anita Hill did well for ratings. <laughs> Let's do Anita Hill again. That's, that's what they're, yeah, they're going for the ratings. <laughs> it's, it's Anita Hill. Like, that's. I have no commentary this evening. I'm just sitting back listening to these two guys. It's Anita Hill. And it's like, and the thing about Anita Hill is that Anita Hill was like, it, it, she was she was correct to make her assertion. She was yes. well within her like yeah. rights to say what she said. Right, all of it. And yep. all of it. And her testimony like actually impacted the progression of American history. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is not that. No. Because it's... Kavanaugh is obviously the wrong guy. Like at least with Clarence Thomas, you kind of thought he may not be the right guy, but there's enough of like. You know, he was an African-American judge. So you're like, okay, we have to have a black judge somewhere on the court. So there's some level of like, wow, Thurgood Marshallism to it. Like, we're going to you know, put another black judge on the court. This uh, is important. This is a did striving you, moment for black history. Did you just go Clarence Thomas, Thurgood Marshall? I did, because oh. there, was, there was a segment of the population that believed this. If you were, you were in D.C. public schools when I was at D.C. public schools. So you know this was a thing that was taught in the curriculum? Yes. That he's an important black character in history? Yes. You know, 
Brett Kavanaugh, not a, that guy. A fool Liter- of a character. Literally not that guy. Like, the complete polar opposite of that guy. The guy was, like, dead to rights from second one. See, but, but the Clarence Thomas analogy is why I think at the end of this, the end game is going to be Brett Kavanaugh putting his hand on the Bible and being sworn in oh, as, an associate, as Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Because I think he looks at this right now and he's thinking to himself, just survive. Just survive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's thinking to himself, you know, Clarence Thomas, back in 92, had himself probably the two worst weeks of his life, mm-hmm. and he has spent the rest of his days as a Supreme Court Justice. But I think- and so I think Brett Kavanaugh is thinking to himself, I'm going to show up, I'm going to be respectful of this woman, I'm going to say I don't understand why because that is not my recollection at all. I never would have forced myself on someone like that. If 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 I was too forward and too aggressive with her, I do apologize, but I do not believe that it rose. To, this is the, what he's going to say. Yes. And and then, you know, he, he's going to get yelled at by the Democratic senators. He's going to be coddled by the Republican well, senators. Walk out of the, she's going to walk out of chambers. And uh, you know, and then and then at the end of the day, they're going to vote, and it's going to be a party line vote, eleven to ten, in the Judiciary Committee to take him to the floor. And for all the talk of Susan Collins and Jeff Flake and Bob Corker, I do believe once he makes it to the floor of the Senate, after having properly atoned, this is Yom Kippur now. So I mean, we're in the atone zone. Mm-hmm. The atone zone. The atone <laughs> uh, zone. Hold on a second. I got to give credit to that. That was uh, uh, John Lovett from Love It and Leave It. Love It or Leave It. Oh, that's love great. But I, I love it. The atone love zone. It. Love it or leave but it. Love I, it or leave it. I good, feel good I, podcast. I feel like funny. It's it's <laughs> funny politics. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just so like ridiculous because now you're setting up the Supreme Court like the axis of evil. Like you, anytime that anything goes towards the Supreme Court, the one thing that this this will effectively do if uh, Kavanaugh is uh, is confirmed is that if any case goes anywhere near the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. you're like death-defyingly afraid of what's going to happen. If it's like any sort of liberal issue, you're like, oh, not the Supreme Court, which, well, is, exactly, which is exactly what... You're Supreme not even Court afraid, because fear suggests some, some level of uncertainty. Like, there's going to be very definite certainty over what will happen right. at the Supreme Court to the various but, issues that liberals care about. And that can be an issue... Listen... You know, we're all deep in the shit right now, but, you know, it could be, last I saw, we had uh, Democrats on the generic ballot had a 14-point lead. I mean, this could be a situation like 2006, where just the anger at Republicans washes them out, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Democrats could end up with the House and the Senate, and then in 2020, you know, maybe we've got a president who is still under a cloud of, of criminality. Maybe we have actual criminality, Again. but just but just the the, the the impeachment hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, you know, I mean, you could find yourselves as Democrats in two years having completely flipped everything. Right. I mean, but who do the Democrats your... run? This is the well, question I mean, of the day. Again, well, look, who do they run? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> just saying. If you look at if you look at fundamentals, you you can make out a very plausible case that we're sitting here in two years with a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic President. Um, I'm not saying by any stretch that it's that it's that it's guaranteed, but there's a, there's a, there's a plausible case to be made. But you could find so you could find yourself in that situation. You could decide, hey, this is our moment: Medicare for all, free public uh, uh, college education, anything on the you know the the the, the far left liberal flank, and you're going to have popular support. You're going to have popular elections. 
uh, popularly elected leaders who are going to push this. They're going to, you know, it's going to pass the House, it's going to pass the Senate, it's going to get signed by the President, and then it's going to be 5 4 majority overturning is unconstitutional on some specious bullshit grounds. Mm. All five conservatives mm. against My. four liberals. Four of the five conservatives will have been appointed by presidents who did not win in their first term the, even the popular vote. Right. All right. My. So, you know, it's, it's, you, you, Ultimately, in, in any kind of a republic or a democracy, you want to have a representative government. And right now, I feel like we have kind of like a minority rule government, which is, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping we have the opportunity this year to begin to dismantle that, uh, because that has had a lot of so. pejorative effects on, on the country. But, you know, you could find yourself in a situation where you have popular support from a popularly elected government for popular programs that gets shot down at the Supreme Court level, mm -hmm. um, and and what's happening now is 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 a really big deal in, in, in that. But I do believe that this isn't going to result in the end of Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court justice nominee, because I think he's just going to follow the Clarence Thomas model. I think he's going to maybe without the without using the the, the, the phrase high tech lynching. <laughs> He'll just say lynching. Say lynching. <laughs> <laughs> Just plain lynching. Just lynching, and then everybody. Bunch of, there's a bunch of guys on horseback out back <laughs> right. waiting for me. <laughs> Black guys on horseback. Oh yeah. my! Oh my! <laughs> so all right, that's our man Brett Kavanaugh. That's our man Brett Kavanaugh. But, but my question, I just want to ask a quick question. Yeah, please do. So, please do. so how then, if if you're going to get people to rush to the polls mm. in 2018, 2020, how then does the Democratic Party create? A unified, even remotely, minimally unified party line to be able to push through the the democratic agenda, if there is such a thing anymore, in 2018 and 2020. Because that's my that's my thing now. Because I see these two separate sects developing and running concurrent to each other, mm -hmm. and with no with no notion. Because I still get Democratic Party emails. I bought my mom an Obama T-shirt in. 2008. Oh my goodness, that's so cute. I still, I still get emails from the party, so they they haven't had that. Even though, even though you hit unscribe. Yeah, yeah, no, they, and still, they still, they still, they still, it's it's still it's, floating yeah, somehow. Floating. New, but but there's no conversation about like, hey, these hyper progressives over here <laughs> are like winning. Let's not talk about that. Let's just talk about these hardliners, these hardline like you know by the book like. Classic Democrats. Let's talk about these guys. Let's not talk yeah. about the people that actually are like winning things because I feel like even all of the black women that are winning, yeah. hmm. shout out the black women winning elections, black are magic. all like on that far progressive side. Like Kamala's left there now, yeah. holding down the fort, but everybody else is like mm -hmm. out here. I think we're in a populist moment. I think we're in a populist moment. I think that um, um, I say this as a U.S. history major. Uh, nothing that is happening right now is unprecedented. I mean, if you think about where we are, um, you know, we've had a huge crash. We've, uh, you know, this is an economy in transition. It's, you know, when, when, when I was growing up in the 80s, this was very much a manufacturing economy. Oh, yeah. Um, and now it, it is not. There is little place in this country for unskilled, uneducated labor, and um, and we don't have yet the education system to adequately 
get all that of these people. That falls really nicely into the conversation if we're talking about the economy next. Yeah. That's like super, that's like a perfect segue. Well, I, I, I think we should segue into the economy. This is something I wanted to get into a little bit of a deep dive, um, you know, as deep as we can get in, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. But um, we can do it. You know, the economy, we keep hearing that this is a great economy. Republicans are going to be, uh, their incumbency is going to be preserved on the backs of a strong economy, that everybody's happy. Uh, the American experiment is, is working just fine, thank you. And, um, you know, everything is good, nothing to see here. Uh, I kind of see the economy a little bit different. And I think that, um, I believe it was Karl Rove who always talked about the using the, the the Sun Tzu tactic of going at your opponent's right. strength. Yeah. And I think it would behoove Democrats to really argue, especially in places that areas of the country that feel economically left behind. I feel like it's a very powerful message to get out there and to be populist in this moment and say, yeah, there's no doubt. This culture, this society, this economy, this government Everything has passed you by. Everything has passed you by without making sure to see that you were okay in this transition. Um, because that's, look, there are always people who fall through the cracks when, when you have um, an, an economy in transition. When we transitioned to a manufacturing economy at the, at, the, at the start of the 20th century, you know, we, people who shoot horses, you know, suddenly found themselves having a tough time earning a living when there's Model T's rolling down the street. Yep. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 and what can you do? You can make sure that that, that individual has opportunities for, for housing, has opportunities to, to retrain and get into, you know, one of these great factory jobs at, right. at the Ford Motor Company where you work 80 hours a week and breathe smut <laughs> all day. Uh, but anyway. Um, smut? Smut? <laughs> you mean soot? What type of s- <laughs> They breathe smut? <laughs> it's a cross between smut and soot. <laughs> Never heard of smut before. Is that smut. A, is that a new caviar? Uh, smut from Russia? <laughs> smut, yes. Oh, if you... Oh, but no. Um, it's been a long day, folks. Related to that point. It's been a long, long, long day. Long, day. Time put out this, uh, Time's cover this week. Yeah, I was going to get about, to that. Yeah. Several covers. They put out several covers yeah. of teachers who can't make ends meet. Teachers yeah. who are working three jobs, literally yeah. three jobs. Teachers who sell plasma yep. uh, to make ends meet. Yeah. Um, these are professionals with college educations. Yep, certificates. Some oftentimes oh. master's degrees. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are in charge of our children's growth and development, and our children are the future of our economy. They're the ones who should be sustaining the economy in our retirement years when, um, you know, when we're going to need help from the government because, you know. It's, I mean. Because it's screwed up right now. Yeah. And I was actually reading, um, back in August, Forbes did, a, uh, did an article called America's Real Economy it Isn't Booming. Um, and it's just some of the statistics to, to put this all into context. Uh, 43 million Americans working who are under the poverty level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, 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 used, we talk about the working poor, and we've now kind of invented a new classification, which is the working homeless. And mm-hmm. that's really 
remarkable. Um, Two-thirds of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. A third of Americans have zero savings. Uh, a third of all workers in this country earn less than $12 an hour. 42% of all workers, all wage earners in this country, earn less than $15 an hour. 40 hours a week, 50 hours, I believe that comes out to about 32 grand, 31 grand, so, you know, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, we have inflation that is eroding purchasing power. Healthcare alone is up 20% year over year. Um, credit card debt is at over a trillion dollars, increases at about 5% annually. Student loan debt, $1.5 trillion. Uh, a lot of reasons why that is. Um, you know, where 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 are where are we headed? What kind of what kind of economy are we building? Because I don't. I'm sure for certain people they see this as as an endpoint, right. but I think we have to see this always as a as a as, as a project in, under construction. Um, you know, we're. St Clearly, an economy still in transition away from manufacturing and unskilled labor to an information economy, but have we built up the educational infrastructure to man that economy going forward? No. Um, I'm close. So no. where, where is this all headed? Because what we're seeing is increased stratification and increased hollowing out of the middle class. Mm -hmm. yeah. I did a deep dive about this during the... Um, this is our favorite conversation. Maybe we should just call the show Deep Dive. Yeah, during the... Um, I don't know about that. During the, uh, during <laughs> the, during the Trump, during the Trump, cam during, during the Trump campaign, when I realized, and this is one of these times where, like, knowing that Trump was going to win, like, everything that I wrote for, like, a solid year was, like, based around the fact that, like, I wanted to prepare everybody for, like, what was going to happen. Because <laughs> I had a very clear vision. Because I'm like, okay, he's going to win. How many so, people believed you? Oh, like, less than five. Like literal, actually less than five, not 5%, but like less than five people in the world. Yeah. So Trump's notion is that if you cannibalize the middle class, which is like 60% mm -hmm. of the wage earners in the country, then you have the top, the, the bottom 20 and the top 20 carrying the weight. Mm -hmm. Because you can employ the bottom 20. Yes. And give them all $1. Or the, whatever the equivalent of one dollar is, one give them forty-five thousand dollars, whatever it is, pennies on the dollar, right? Pennies, pennies on, on the dollar. dollar, and it's more than the abject poverty they were living in. That's right. largely large. You can literally look at a physical map of the United States, mm -hmm. and you can like take a big circle around parts of the country, like the middle of the country. Boom. I mean, that's the theory of a global labor market, which is that instead of paying people thirty-two dollars an hour. With uh, health benefits and you know four weeks off for vacation, um, I can pay. I can move my factory to Mexico and pay right. these guys three dollars an the, hour. But here's the the crazy part about all of this that, that fascinates me is our hatred of China, mm -hmm. because China's largely done the same thing. But the thing that the Chinese gambled on, that I don't think that America understands how to gamble on, because we don't aren't we have never experienced like the kind of communist poverty that china went through mm -hmm. for large for for large you know centuries of their history yeah the is worst that, for the united states was the dust bowl era right, right. so the idea bad, so the idea in in doing this and cannibalizing the middle class is that you squeeze the middle class so hard that you ultimately are empowering middle class people to grab for the brass ring and attempt to leap out of the middle class into the upper class. Hmm. 
which, given that America's history involves systematic racism, yes, systematic classism, yes, <laughs> systematic sexism, very much, and, so. and, and 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 numerous other ways of stratifying people, and you know most of and, and large parts of our country are you know like broken up into various different ethnic and socioeconomic backgrounds. It's impossible, mm -hmm. impossible, like actually impossible for certain parts of the, Amer for certain like, you know, large parts of American culture to actually make that jump. So getting to the middle class used to be the thing. So like for like 20, like 30, 40 years, I'd say. I mean, it's the, it's the focus on right. our own city right now. The, the focus is the middle class. Right. But, but even in that, that's tricky because it, you, we used to say, just getting to the point where you could afford rent for a one-bedroom apartment was right. the goal. Like, we're going to get a whole bunch of, like, wage-earning professional employees who are information-based in a lot of cases mm -hmm. to get to the point where they could afford rent. Yes. Reasonable rent. A one-bedroom. A one-bedroom apartment. $1,250. That was, that was, you know, like, that was a lot of what uh, Marion Barry did yeah. in the 70s was, you know, I'm going to get people up to this point. We never gave anybody, we didn't give everybody the, the wide funnel vision of like mm -hmm. making it past that point. We left a lot of people there and we still like ascribe to them the notion that you're middle class, you are okay. Mm -hmm. Except for when now Trump comes along and starts squeezing, because we we've had presidents that have tried to squeeze before, but yep. we stopped them after four years mm -hmm. or after eight years because you have to roll back restrictions or someone just gets elected and just cuts entire policies out of, you know, the, the, uh, out of, uh, you know, out of existence. Mm -hmm. So now we're at a point where Trump's come in and we've never had anybody so radically squeeze the middle class within his first 500 days as Donald Trump. He's literally placed tariffs on goods and services that people in this economic sector actually need. Yeah. Yeah. Are either purchasing or are <laughs> sectors and industries that they work in. Right. right. So there's right. like, okay, so it's like you do this thing. You're helping right? you're helping the steel industry, but then, <laughs> you know, tariffs are gonna are gonna, you know, right. fuck over the soybean so industry. Ultimately he's like, okay, I'm gonna squeeze so this robbing from Peter to pay Paul. Right. He's like, I'm gonna squeeze this thing because ultimately he thinks if he could squeeze hard enough mm -hmm. that he mm -hmm. could squeeze out the money that will save our that will save our, our, you know, like $20 trillion debt. Well, he can start to pay that down by squeeze, squeeze hard enough, the money falls out of the bottom. Right. But, but I, think, I think not to give Donald Trump credit, certainly here, but these are issues, I think, that are, that are, that are, that are bigger than any one administration. But it's um, an accumulation, an, so he's trying to stop it. This is an accumulation, yeah. for sure, um, and, and, and I do believe he's accelerating things, but... but this is a continuation of trends that we saw through the Obama years, through the Clinton but years, nobody's of continued, continued erosion of middle-class work in this country. And you know what? Honestly, there may be some economic, long-term economic, macroeconomic benefit to it when we look back in 30 years to realize, having gone through that transition, that we came out on the other side better. We certainly came out on the other side better of the transition from sort of like the local agrarian economies of the 19th century into the the, the industrial yeah. behemoth that we became in the 20th century that certainly helped us win World War II, that helped us uh, uh, attain uh, a level of power and leadership in the global community 
um, economically, politically, uh, ideologically. Um, you know, our commitment to freedom and democracy is something that we have tried with you know varying levels of success, but have tried to export around the world. Um, you know, I'm not trying to come off like Donald Rumsfeld or anything no, like but that, but but no, I mean, but um, I, but it's you know. It's there's a there, there 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 is a story and there's also a story to be told I believe about the benefits that global capitalism have brought to other countries. Mm -hmm. um, we have functionally eradicated extreme poverty on a global level. I mean, I think we're we're Europe Europe we're down. Would, Europe would beg to differ right now. Uh, yeah. I'm talking extreme poverty. <laughs> I'm talking like. No, but still. I'm talking like people living on a bowl of rice a day, which for most of human history, probably, you know, for, a good, for a good chunk of human history, probably half of human if beings. If hard Brexit lived on, goes through. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be the extreme poverty. If hard Brexit I don't think, goes through. I don't think we're going to see British kids sitting on the corner with bowls of rice and flies flying around them. I mean, you know, I mean, Ian, I, I'm that's the you, kind of. Ian, I'm giving you the side eye. <laughs> because uh -oh. I can also tell you that in Germany, the same thing will happen. Uh -oh. And that in Greece, it's already happening. In Greece Look, already there's happened. problems. There's problems for sure. There's, <laughs> Big there's issues problems. in Greece. For sure, there's problems in Europe, but I don't think that we're seeing, we're going to see levels of extreme poverty the way the extreme poverty that I'm talking about that has been eradicated or greatly diminished by the rise of global capitalism. Mm -hmm. Bringing, look, yes, you go from paying someone 30, $30 an hour in the United States to paying someone $3 an hour in Mexico. Um, that seems, seems like it should be a no-brainer for the business, but at the same time, you're also... That $3 an hour for the Mexican person is a step up, an improvement. It helps to build a community. It helps to build a middle class. Yeah, but That's how you build a middle class. And then they, 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 they agitate for, for the, better wages, and then the company moves over to Thailand. But here's the <laughs> trick, though. The trick is that tariffs are now a thing. Yeah, because Donald Trump reintroduced mm. tariffs like right. it's like it's 1794. Nobody he's, knew he's what a wartime president. Yeah, uh, no, no, the, the Revolutionary War. He's a wartime president. Not, not, yeah. not, and I have a World War Two, but he's like the Revolutionary War. He's like you know mm. like the, the 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 Tea Party could happen tomorrow. And These Canadians surprising. and their steel. Yes, Bad. we will fight them in the courts of international trade. Right. It's, <laughs> but, but I feel like the real the we real, will fight them at the border. The fascinating part for me as well, and it's not a thing that enough people talk about, is that the real thing that happens when you actually are shutting down the middle class is that you're placing like, it's like, the, so like the digital age, like the internet, which for 25 years, like controlled all of us. Yes. Like literally like drove the, drove the engine of like, you know, like modernization of like mm -hmm. American economics and American industry. The first thing that happens when you squeeze the middle class because none of these entrepreneurs are actually making money yet. We sit in a building where everybody in here is trying to turn a, trying to, trying to turn a profit. Mm -hmm. yep. the, second that, the second that you squeeze them and you take away like earning potential from these like widgets and doodads that everybody here is trying to make, <laughs> is that the internet ceases to exist as a thing that actually matters. I can say this as somebody who... Uh, I, I am a writer who writes on the internet. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, you could pay me a thousand dollars to like write one piece, and it was this is an extravagant thing for me. I'm 40 years old, so I understand like an era where like paying you a thousand dollars to like sit and type words on a on a keyboard is is a goofy thing to do. Now, if you look at the digital age, you look at the number of sites that are even around to write words on, they've dropped precipitously, yeah. 
And the amount of money, and anybody who's a digital for, digital first creative will tell you this, the amount of money to write these words on the internet is like cut, be cut in like, by like four-fifths. Mm-hmm. So if freestyle will cost $100, they'll now like, they'll put it out there and say, hey, you want $200 to write this? Mm-hmm. And you end up having to work five times as hard. For $200. Like literally five times as hard. You're like, okay, well, like I'm going to have to write five of those pieces at the, and, and ultimately make the same amount of money. Yeah. And that's what happens when you squeeze the middle class. When it becomes you take, the gig economy. Right. And, and even the gig economy. Everyone is getting what they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody has that one sort of anchor job that gives them their benefits, their right. their paid vacation, but you know, the problem, all, of, all of those things. The problem there even deeper. All of those things that, that get guaranteed to people in, in various other countries. The problem with that is in a country where racism, sexism, gentrification, classism. all these things, classism are all, in, in, are all like ingrained into the society, is that when you look at the people who are the haves, on the very top, who are literally pulling people out of the jaws of life, as I like to say, that are squeezing the economy. They're plucking people out. <laughs> they only pluck out the people that look like them. Yeah. Or 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 have progeny who are you know historically like you know relatives that yeah. are as rich as they are, or have people who could possibly sell themselves out and be willing to be kind of sort of a part of the ruling class. And that's where we are. And that's the frustration of it. It's mm-hmm. like, when you watch this happen, you're like, wait, so this is really what we're doing? And then at the, the worst part of it, at the end of the day, because this hasn't happened yet, but it will start to happen when we start to like bring industry, like classic industry back into America, is when you take the person who's at the very bottom, who you gave $1 to, and then you give $10, and then you give $100, mm-hmm. and then you make a millionaire of somebody who had $0 in 2016. Mm-hmm. And you're going to start to see these things happen. Because you're going to start to see people get empowered when you start to bring back, like, you know, the auto industry. Because, you know, Donald Trump says that Ford can make cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, make them here. <laughs> they can make them here. And Ford's like, we can't. But Trump's going to damn sure try. And, or why, and, doesn't, why doesn't Apple make their iPhones here? Well, right. Because nobody will pay $10,000 right. for an in iPhone. Order to make that, and in order to make that happen, Donald Trump will, will find a way. And that, and that administration will find a way mm. to find people at the bottom and shoot them over the middle class, like as if they're in a cannon with a helmet on their heads, <laughs> being shot over the middle class into wealth. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be very Beverly Hillbillies. Oh my god! <laughs> so I hope people are aware, and I hope people are not not weirded out well, when you're looking around in 2020 or 2021 at the you know the procession after well, the election, and there's like you know Jed Clampett walking down the street. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the other side of that squeeze because <laughs> you're squeezing you're squeezing up, but I think probably for every up that squeezed, there's going to be some exponential there's, amount squeezed, yeah. squeezed down. down. So, Michelle, let me let me give you a little bit of uh, data from this this Forbes article here. Thank I you. love the fact that you brought up this Forbes article because it's, yeah. it's a great article. It's a great it's a great article, and I I, I did I get it from you? Did you did you post I it? Think did you get I it? feel like you did. Yeah, I know. I, I think I did. I know. <laughs> probably I did. Actually, did. Yeah. Probably, probably, it's a great, probably. It's a great read. We just piggyback on each other. We do. Posts. We do. We definitely do. We definitely hanging out on the internet. So so from this article, about twelve percent of Americans, forty three million are considered poor, and yet they are employed. Mm-hmm. They can earn an individual income below 12140 per year and slightly more than that for a family of two. If you include housing and medical expenses in the calculation, it raises the percentage of Americans living in poverty to 14%. That's Americans employed living yes. in poverty, yes. 14%. That's 45 
million people. And that is why, actually, I think that, um, that there is a message and that's uh, two for million the Democrats. People. That's, too many people. that's two million people being shit out of that 60% yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and and, and, and that's, this, this is why I do believe that there is a message for the Democratic Party in 2018 to really go at what the Republicans see as their own strength, which is the economy. Um, and, and, and to hit this, at this level of income, this article says, there is almost no way to pay for food and shelter in any sizable American city. Didn't we just have a study that came out that nobody making minimum, there's no, there's no place in, in America where you, no. can, you can pay rent on a two-bedroom place no. on minimum wage? No, yeah. no, like nowhere. I mean, like nowhere. You also like yeah. The we we always say it here. You know, people will be like, "Oh, you you move out to PG County, it, it it's cheaper, or or move over here, mm-hmm. it's cheaper for it, a year or two. For a year or two, it may be cheaper. You and know, then the you, cheapest suburb of Washington D.C. is not Southeast D.C. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna, you're gonna blow your mind with this. It's not PG. No. Keep, keep going. going. Keep going. And because oh my Montgomery? god, keep going. No, keep no. going. You know where he's going keep with going. this. Charles Town, no Charlestown. I don't West consider Charles Virginia. Char- oh, Charlestown, West Virginia. Charles I Town, thought we were going with Charles. West. I don't consider that Virginia. a suburb of DC. There well, are people it, who it, work it in the DC take, government, yeah. who drive in what from is, Charlestown, it's, it's an hour West and, Virginia. It's like an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's no time, and they come in, so they leave. Yeah, but they come in from Annapolis. I know people. I used to know people who yeah, come in from Annapolis. Annapolis that's when you're DC. like a GS seventy four. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know. How much does a GS74 make? <laughs> 105. You know. Anybody know? Just pointing okay. that out. But like if you're yeah, like, you know, of course know. there's people in DC government they leave their house at 5:30 in the morning. They get to work by 6, 6, you know, 6:30, 7:15 and they do their time and they say nothing. Because flex hours are a thing now in DC and also the federal government is based oh, in right. DC. Right. Just you as can, long as you're clicking on a keyboard. You could do flex hours and get into 715 and leave out enough time to beat the, the rush hour traffic right. going home to Charlestown, West Virginia. Charlestown, West Virginia. So this is what's happening to America's working poor. They're being gentrified out into separate states. No, literally separate states. Yes. <laughs> and then they have to drive in, and this yes. is why teachers have to there uh, are people. There are people. Sell their plasma. Yes. I know people that I grew up with mm-hmm. in far northeast DC. Far, <laughs> far northeast. Far northeast DC, mm-hmm. who now live in Kaiser, West Virginia. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna stay right over. Yeah. Namaste, <laughs> northeast. Kaiser, West Virginia. Namaste, is, northeast. Is the cheapest Namaste place they can go northeast. to get to get the, the the amount of bang for the buck that they need. Like say, so like t-shirts coming. It's soon. a guy who <laughs> has two kids, wife. Mm-hmm. Both they're both working, by the way. Both. Both working, and they wanted to afford a home with two bedrooms, also with a sizable backyard because they happen to raise athletes. You know, these kids are super athletic. So one yeah. of them plays baseball, the other one's a basketball player. So they want them to as, be as someone who was raised an elite athlete. I I understand. Right? right. So they need like a backyard for their children who are athletes to run around and play yeah. and do what they yeah. do. So they're like pricing homes, and they priced homes. And they went, well, maybe we could go to Frederick. No, mm-hmm. can't go to Frederick. Mm-hmm. Can't, oh, afford, can't afford Frederick. Right, let's let's go. Fred to Rock, like, Fred Rock. That's right. way too much traffic. Right. And Anybody like, even thinks about moving to, to Frederick? Like, why? And then you're thinking like maybe used, go over the line into I used, Pennsylvania. I used to play go go in Fred Rock. Yeah, I call it Fred Neck myself. ICC for life. So you go up to like I call so, it ain't nothing out there for me. So maybe you go over to ICC like Pennsylvania, and, and then in their mind they're like, 
I'm gonna get Ian. Northern, northern, like southern Pennsylvania just seemed a bridge too far. It's like if you live, if you work in D.C., the idea that you live just over the line in Pennsylvania, southern Pennsylvania, or Delaware, no. or no, Delaware, no, yeah, no, Delaware, no, no. seems like a, a bridge too far. Yeah. So it's like okay, so let's move west, and then they found. Kaiser, West Virginia. I don't even want to live in a town called Kaiser, West Virginia. Kaiser, West Virginia. These are the global. These are the global well, wages of gentrification. This, who, who lives there? Jason, Freddie, or Michael Myers? <laughs> all three. All three. <laughs> the Blair Witch. Oh, so you really know I'm not going there. The Blair Witch. All right. Um, let's move on. Let's move on a little bit. I yeah, think no, that, but I just that wanted to make sure discussion. that people understood that. Like that's, that's great, where we are. That's a great discussion, and that is where we are. That is where we are. Is certainly, and and it, by no means is it. Um, exclusive to the D.C. metropolitan region. I'll just put it out that the Denny's in Kaiser, West Virginia is lit. Whatever. The Denny's on Bladensburg Road Denny's. is lit. Denny's. Oh, it really is. <laughs> fine dining. D- fine dining. Get you a stack. Moon's over my hammy. It's real. Moon's over my hammy. All right, guys. It's that time of week. We're pitiful. <laughs> it keep, it at, keep it at extra real. Oh. It is that time of the week. Bish. Where we bish. This is the bish sesh. Yep. And uh, typically what we do, assuming that we all have one. I got one. I all got right. one. All right. We all have one. So we're going to give a 30-second uh, a elevator pitch on our bish, and we're going to all decide which is the bish that we want to talk about. So, Marcus, kick us off. 30 seconds on the clock, and go. The Washington Redskins professional oh. football oh. teams. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> They, they, they pay money for Alex Smith. They, they, they go down to Tampa Bay, and they lose to the, the Buccaneers. And as well, the big thing that happened. Oh, they lost I thought, the Colts. I thought, the Colts. Okay, it was the Colts. The okay. Colts. At home. At home. Yeah, the right. Okay. The so it's the Colts. Okay. Which was so, not a sellout. Right. Uh, that was the point. The 20, biggest point of this whole thing was that it wasn't a sellout. 20,000 empty. Is that they... They, they, the, the Washington Redskins professional football team for my entire life mm. could be as terrible, mm. but you knew that the, the, sta- that the stadium would be sold out. Mm. That was the biggest selling point of the franchise. If there's any notion that tells you that something is dreadfully wrong mm. about the, the progression of new D.C., mm. the Redskins mm. cannot sell out their home games. Mm. This is a, a the point where you go, oh wait, <laughs> something is completely off track off track here, <laughs> completely off track. Okay, uh, all right. So that's that's your bish, and that's a good one. There's a lot to say. There's a lot to unpack there. A yeah. lot to unpack. Um, Michelle, lay it on me. What's your bish? Is it about the CBC? It is not about the CBC. Damn. Uh, I am keeping it with the NFL. Oh my. National uh, football. Oh my, my man's in them. Oh my. My no, man's in them? My man's in them. Yes. Yes. So tell it. Tell I it. am going to, my bish is about the negative comments that everybody has been laying down in regards to Vontae Davis and his retirement from the NFL. At halftime. At halftime. Because if you're going to retire. Why not do it at <laughs> halftime? Because but I've just read. Why go through the effort of getting dressed and stretching before the game? <laughs> You know, that that anything... It's Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> you know? hey coach, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. I'm not going to be there tomorrow. But I mean, but I, and, and I get it. It's something to talk about. And it, it, it kind of made you say, wait a minute, you said what? At halftime. 
but it was the comments that came after it. Mm. It's like, mm. are you on that field? Are you living his life? Are you? you how can you come and, and and say what he did was was wrong and then release a statement like, look, this is this is how I feel. Amen. And so it's just you know it 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 just goes to show and and, and proves more of of the reason why I just I will continue to protest the NFL. Yeah. It's yeah, just there's, there's, that's a good one. Okay. The, the mockery one. of the bullshit that's is a good one. you know it's just mine. My bish is one that's it, it. It comes a little late, but we couldn't do it last week because uh, the dipshittery had not yet occurred. Yeah. Um, and the dipshittery that I'm talking about is. Uh, President Trump's tweets about Puerto Rico last week, pure which were dipshittery. pure dipshittery, but but more than that, like really insulting. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, for me, um, the son of a proud New Yorkan, um, I spent a lot of time on that island. Like that is, you know, that island is a part of my soul, right. and I I feel very personally everything that 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 uh, that that people on the island, people formerly on the island. Um, ha had to go through, mm -hmm. and I don't think that there's any question that you can look at 3,000 people dead and say that this was an adequate federal response. I mean, you know, 3,000 is pr about how many died during Katrina in New Orleans. Yes. yes. Um, and we sort of like, we took that as sort of a never again moment, you know, and, and um, yeah, look, I'm sure that, they're going to do a great job cleaning up North Carolina. There's, uh, it's on the mainland, and there's not as many brown people as there mm -hmm. there are in Puerto Rico, and you know. But um, I mean, just to get a little bit of background, you know, he actually tweeted that the three thousand dead as a result of the hurricane was a fabrication made up by the Democrats to make him look bad. Right. So, yeah. He's just. A I mean, we could, I think we should go in on that. I th so so oh, here's here's, here's our no. rule here's our rule we all vote but you can't vote vote for your well, own. I don't even think we have to vote. I think we don't that's, have to the, vote. that's the one. But Puerto Rico? Yeah. So yeah. I, I was gonna I was gonna vote for bitching about the Redskins. No, but we, could, <laughs> we could, but no, this, this Puerto Rico right. thing that, is real. That's a that's a whole show, and we so, need to bring Mike on because yeah. you know he's so, a 49ers fan. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> at least it's not the Cowboys. Oh, <laughs> no, no Cowboys fans are ever allowed on this show. No Cowboy fan ever sits in this seat. On this show. So the idea, unless we'll give him a dispensary. that that Trump would do <laughs> that, you got to be except be an exceptional Cowboy fan. No. Is the it's okay? So the idea that Trump would even say this, <laughs> but we knew he would say as something her, as we Hurricane reached, Florence is bearing no, on North we, Carolina. We've okay. So this is the the next new low that we've reached. Yeah, really because it is. It's, really it is. Okay, so Trump's like game plan here is obvious now. Mm -hmm. When you can ostracize people who stereotypically and historically have been ostracized, mm -hmm. given the given the nature of his base, ostracize them at all costs, mm -hmm. just to make sure that your base feels comfortable with the progression of the country. That's the cold, hard reality of it. it that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that it's right. Obviously, it doesn't mean that it's right. right, right. It's, it's absolutely wrong. But given that this man was elected with that base, mm -hmm. and no matter who runs in 2020, that base is still at play. Mm -hmm. And he can shift that base wherever he wants to put them. So he has to keep them enraptured. And the easiest way to keep these people enraptured is to say the worst thing. Because that's all they respond to. He's come to realize this now. 
If you say the worst, most stereotypical, most yeah. generic, horrifying, terrible thing, he's president. Those people respond. He's President Sickburn on Twitter, and yeah, you know. But it's just it, it, it again. You know, you're 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 sort of just struck with vacillating between just being dumbfounded at how ignorant and stupid he sounds and then just being like just flabbergasted at how I have like, a question. like narcissistic and racist he is mm-hmm. and it's just you know and, and and this Puerto Rico issue kind of brings it all together because look got, hey, look got, if you got have the a, black folks on Kaepernick okay if you have yeah he's got the black folks on Kaepernick <laughs> and he's got the Puerto Ricans on Kaepernick got us dead to rights on Kaepernick if you if you Bam. It, 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 when you have people die in a storm, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, that's an act of God. Maybe you can say you should have gotten these people out, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when people die because of neglect after the storm, correct, um, that's a completely separate issue, a very a completely separate issue. And for him to sit here and 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 make this about himself when three thousand Americans died, I mean, three thousand Americans. But a little you, over 3,000 Americans died on 9-11. We're st- 18 years later, we're still at war in Afghanistan. Right. Like 3,000 Americans, that's supposed, to, that's supposed to push some action. Yeah. Well, you know, that, we've that, not had a hearing in that Congress. Was, that's my question. Nobody cares. That's Nobody my cares. question. Why have we not had a hearing? Because of, it's because of who our president is. It's because of who is in Congress but it's and also, who enables him. But it's also the fact that if you look at these people who actually control the country, and that's his, that's his base, they control the whole thing. Like it's it's, it's minority led, you know, minority regime rule. that you yeah. Can, uh, because regime. every because every Republican is in sway is held in sway to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So think about it like it's this. held hostage by them. And this is not in any way to denigrate anyone who voted for Donald Trump. And I'm just saying that as like you know a disclaimer. How many of these people actually know that Puerto Rico is in American territory? They don't. They don't. Mm. I don't mm. know why you would ask like, that question. No, it's, it's, and that's the sad, honest, brutal, like, punch in the gut truth know. of it. Because they're brown and because they're not in the contiguous 48 states. These people don't even think Alaska is probably a state. And because they speak Spanish. And they speak Spanish. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. It's Caribbean. You can put them in a corner yeah. until Bad Bunny sings his little song on stage. <laughs> wow. Otherwise. Oh, my. They don't exist. Not not the Moo song. That's, Doja Cat's South African. Doesn't matter. But <laughs> whatever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but no, Moo, whatever. So in any event, that's the thing. It's like when, when Bad Bunny sings the song, Puerto Rico exists. Because he's a charlatan and a fun little plaything. Oh, he has Bad Bunny. yellow hair and yellow fingernails and sings the song. And hey, and <laughs> Cardi B's from the Dominican Republic. Hey. Oh, my God. But otherwise, these places don't exist because they're Cardi, not contiguously here. Cardi, Nikki, don't touch the face. Shh. No touching the face. Yeah, we are not discussing. <laughs> observe, <laughs> observe the Cardi, rules of engagement. Right, but that's or the whole. Nikki tonight. Nobody the, touches the face. But that's the sad reality of this situation. Yeah. That's the sad, brutalist reality of this situation. No doubt. Is that when you have the base being so ignorant or not even ignorant but gleeful in their ignorance mm-hmm. because that, that's different than just being like ignorant like if you're just abjectly unaware and, and uneducated that's one thing yeah. but there's another thing in being smart enough to know but enjoying the fact that you don't have to know anything mm. for like, it's liberating right it's liberating it's like oh we can that's just fair. be 
fucking stupid for four years. It is it's very liberating. S- turn up and do shit, as my mom, as my mom said recently. Very Your liberating. Your mother said, "Turn up and do shit." Yeah, we were talking about oh where we're going with this country, and she like she stopped and because she lives next door to some like some cool hip college girls. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, "Yeah, you know what we're doing in the country right now? We're just turning up and doing shit." There it is. And I was like, "Wow, you you may have just named said our, everything. You may have just named our show." Yeah, turn, turn up, up and, and do, do shit. shit. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. That's Thank you, of... Mama Dally. Uh, all right. Um, this then. No. Ends, ends the bish sesh, but we go on to. I was like, "What? We're no. ending? What? Oh no! 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 What? Oh no! We have the best story of all time. My favorite. Talk about my favorite thing. We have my favorite thing mm. of the week. Do you guys have a favorite thing of the week? Oh, I, I do. I, I do. do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you, you go first. All right, Michelle. Okay, so I finally, I finally got my phone back. Um, yes. Well, not my back phone back. I got a new phone. Yes. On uh, Friday. So again, don't steal my phone. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Is that like um, when the don't touch my hair? Yeah, don't PSA, do not steal Michelle's don't, phone, don't please. Don't steal my damn phone, okay? Apple will reject you from trying to turn it on. Anyway, mm-hmm. so um, as I was okay. trying to get all my social media accounts back onto my... <laughs> oh, I'm only running 10 on each page. Um, I ran into uh, Billy the Goat, and she is like this exceptional rapper. She's just... You know, just like this dope chick. And I miss story time on, on Twitter. And so my favorite thing of the week is her story time that was called So Inappropriate. Forgive me, church members. Tell tell us again who this who's who's whose account this is? Billy the Goat. Billy yes, Billy, Billy, Billy the, the Goat. Billy the Goat. She's female. Um she's female. She's she's sure. pretty dope. So story As goats. Story time with Billy the Goat was, yo, I have a dick appointment story. (laughs) Dick appointment. Dick appointment. Oh, boy. We're going to get... We're going to (laughs) get... We're going to get the fucking adult rating now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just so much fun. I'm looking at how much time we have. So, it's just like, you know, so I met... Hold up. What? Do you guys make appointments for that? I'm not saying. I have church. I have members. never. I have church members. No one's ever asked me for an. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I will say nothing. I, I will say nothing. I plead the fifth. All right, all right. I plead the fifth. Billy, Billy the goat. Billy was your the favorite goat thing was my favorite thing, and it was and just dick appointment. Her dick <laughs> appointment, dick and <laughs> I'm sure that will be well worth your while if you hashtag, look that up. Hashtag, dick appointment. <laughs> hashtag. We may have just renamed the show. <laughs> Ladies and That's gentlemen. That's a different show. Welcome That's a to, whole different show. Welcome to, that, Dick, welcome to Dick Appointment. <laughs> that, com- that comes on at a different time. <laughs> it's after it's 9 o'clock. After I am not, o'clock and I am not blushing. This is terrible. <laughs> this has been a horrible week. All right. All right. We got to let, let Michelle collect herself here. Marcus, what was your favorite thing? Have some look a man died Saturday afternoon. What? From injuries suffered during a shark attack oh my God. off Cape Cod, authorities said, the first fatal encounter in Massachusetts in eight decades. Bystanders pulled a 26-year-old bite victim onto Newcomb Hollow Beach and performed CPR, well, Fleet Police Lieutenant Michael Hurley said in a statement. Hold on here. Just pull it up. The man, who had been boogie boarding with another person, according to the Associated Press, was taken to Cape Cod Hospital. He later died. 
This is the plot of Jaws, people. Jeez, and it's yeah. actually happening in real it's life. Happening. So so there's a there's like All we act- need is a poorly dressed mayor being like <laughs> the beaches will be open on the fourth of July. Okay. You do what you have to do. Thank so, those beaches will be so open. So here's the whole they thing. They can borrow the one we have here in Here's DC. the act. Wow. So in any event, I could see I could totally see Muriel doing that too. That would be amazing. I now want like that speech. That would be amazing. <laughs> I want it. We're I gonna, want uh, it. We're gonna be bad. I want it. So in any event, oh my goodness. So in any event, the actual like real life like issue with this is that because of climate change, yeah, our water is hotter. Great white sharks are are yeah. Yeah. So it's because you farther have farther like, north, right? Because you have hot water available like mm-hmm. farther north, the plot from Jaws can actually happen in 2018 in Cape Cod. In Cape Cod, mm-hmm. yes. I I love Jaws as a film. It is one of my favorites. So the fact that Jaws is one of my favorite movies, it could happen in real life. I'm fascinated. <laughs> right, exactly. Like there it is. So I'm just I'm stunned. Like I read I was I'm laying in bed as I do every morning when I'm reading the news. <laughs> and I'm I'm laying in bed and all of a sudden I see the news and I shouted, Holy shit, it's Jaws. This is amazing. I'm gonna text him tomorrow oh, morning. Man. You oh, can't. Man. I'm gonna text him. I'm gonna text you tomorrow morning when I get up. Cause that's normally when you're. I know you're up. Yeah, I'm up. And you can text me. That's the thing. If you have my phone number, you can text me Let, anytime after like 5:45. I'm up and I'm like active and I'm. Let, it's happening. Let me just say. Let me just say. <laughs> <laughs> Mike with the graphics today is <laughs> killing it. Absolutely just, killing it. Um, he pulled up the actual Jaws scene with the mayor. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, Facebook, you know how they like figure out everything that you open? Yeah. And so then they start feeding you stories. I get every, every shark attack story because I <laughs> always open it. I'm like, oh my gosh, shark attack in Australia? <laughs> A great white shark? Did she survive? What was the one, the shark, the shark from the storm? It was like a shark in North Carolina that yeah. was coming because down the Sharknado? flood. Sharknado? <laughs> no, no. Sharknado okay. is my shit. No, Sharknado is wonderful. I love Sharknado. As a person who loves shark, How many, shark movies. What what series? What like episode? six or something. Sharknado six. Ian Ziering is in Zering. like every single one of them. It makes me happy. But no, so the one that gets me is like <laughs> now you have like the sharks that wash up on like beaches like mm-hmm. dead, and and like I was talking to a friend of mine but about it's it, sad. and they're like, but but Marcus, how does that happen? I go. Well, the water's hot, number one. Mm-hmm. Climate change is real. And then number two, because of all these like, you know, like crazy climate disasters that occur. Yeah. They they, they don't have anywhere to go. They're, they're already dead. Like basically these sharks are already dead in the water. Then so, they just wash up on land. So yeah. if I go swimming with the sharks, are you gonna go with me? You know I wanna get in the cage. No, I really do. Like oh I'm I'm God. down for this. I'm Ian? totally down for this. So yeah. are we gonna do an episode Mike? Are you gonna do we have some underwater? <laughs> Equipment. Yeah. Welcome to a special edition yeah. of DC TBD. Oh <laughs> shit, it's a shark. Oh shit, it's a shark. <laughs> We're just chumming the water here. Just like it out. <laughs> How you doing? All right, all right. Let me get to my favorite thing so uh, of the week. Oh, Sharks. Can I do my can I do my intro? Yeah, please do. Good evening, everybody. It is now story time with Ian. Ian, yes. tell your story. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, that was, that was really Thank good. you, Michelle. Thank you. Um <laughs> Because my favorite thing, I'm going to tell a little story around my favorite thing, and it's a story that I've, I've promised to tell both of our viewers, <laughs> um, which sometimes is just, it's just us, it's, I guess. It's yeah. just <laughs> us. It's just us. It's all love. <laughs> Every time I see two <laughs> it's, it's just me on the live feed, just, I'm like, um, that's just me. Just me and you. That's me and Michelle. Yeah. Um, 
he forgets. I keep telling people that I'm going to tell the story of my Twitter handle, which is at WokeSince84. Um, I highly recommend it. Please follow. I do most of my political stuff on Twitter. Um, but at WokeSince84, I mean, it's kind of gauche for white dude to self-proclaim being woke. Uh, so let me explain why I do that. Um, I have been a political junkie for most of my life. Um, I was actually a poli-sci and history major at, at Michigan and um, just been a junkie, like presidential politics. I just I follow them incessantly. Like CNN was the worst thing to ever happen to me because it was like you could follow the presidential candidate, you know, campaigns every single day. And it goes back to 1984. 1984, President Reagan's re-election campaign. He's running against Walter Mondale, who had been Jimmy Carter's vice president. Mm -hmm. It was, um, what's the word for it? Slaughter. Yeah, it was not a fair. Uh, just it was, a it wasn't slut a bath. A blood bath. That, it was schmutz. It's, it's that scene from The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Walter Walter Mondale won the state of Minnesota and the District of Columbia, right, and DC. President Reagan won the rest of it. And we did that day on election day, and I think I was in maybe like fifth grade, sixth grade, election day. Um, we did like a classroom election, and um, it was you know they're doing the the, the tallies, Reagan, Reagan. Reagan, 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 just keeps going, going, Reagan, Reagan. And finally, Mondale. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me, Reagan, 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 Mondale. Reagan, two votes for Mondale. Wow. It was a class of about... 30. It was a Catholic school, so there was always a lot of kids there. Um, so a class of about 30, two votes for Mondale. Mm -hmm. The rest voted for Reagan. Myself and my great, great friend, Jason Morano, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Jason. Which version Shout out to, to you. Him. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. This is Happy big shit right here. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday! Okay, that's enough. <laughs> that was three-part harmony on Stevie Wonder's happy birthday right. there, Jason. Mm -hmm. That was right for you. I'm an alto. Shout out. You're my boy. You're always my boy since the sixth grade. Thick as thieves, man. Thick as thieves. Much love to you, Jason. Love to you guys as well. Thank you. This yes. was a lot of fun tonight. Absolutely. This was a fun, was. fun episode of DC TVD. Even though we, got into some, we got into some heavy shit, but I feel like this was a, was a worth really worth solid while. effort. Thank you, Mike Phillips behind yes, the board. Production. Thank you to everybody here at Mindspace who, uh, who, who puts us up. Thanks to Molly, One yes, Love yes. Massive, and uh, uh, Heartcast Media, the new venture. Yes. The new and, venture. And stop banning Molly on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, stop, stop banning stop, this woman. Stop putting her Things. in Facebook jail. Things. Molly's is a voice that we need to hear all the time. She's going to call you out on your shit. No doubt, no doubt. So this is another... Action-packed episode, episode of DC TVD for Michelle Bush, for Marcus Dowling. I'm Ian Taranji. Good night. Peace. Good peace.